This is episode 185 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're continuing our most recent event, Men's Roundup 2022, Community and Connection with Pastor Chad Moore. This is session three from Saturday night. Um, For all of you who serve in tech ministry in your churches, that's a really hard job. Because you can get it right a thousand times in a row, right? And, And usually it's not you, it's the equipment. Um, and, and nobody notices, nobody says anything, but one miss, everybody knows what's going on, and it's you, right? Um, thanks to all of you guys who set all this up to make this work uh, this weekend. There will come a day when around the throne of the king, Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. The wealthy and the homeless alike. The rich and the poor. The pastor and the prostitute. All who receive Jesus in their life because of amazing grace. Billions of people will sing around the throne how great thou art. the Queen of England just passed away, and I'm not going to quote her, I'm going to paraphrase her, but the Queen of England said this, I really hope Jesus returns in my lifetime, because I cannot wait to lay my crown at his feet. God is great. Because he is all-powerful, God is great because he is sovereign. Positionally, in his sovereignty, he is great. But he's also great because he's good. He's great because of his character. He's great because he has removed mine and your sin if you've received Jesus as far as the east is from the west from us. He's great because he loves you, and he knows everything about you. He knew everything about you before you were ever born. You've never shocked him. Hear the context that I mean this statement. You've never disappointed him. Think with me. You can't disappoint someone who knows what's going to happen. He knew your sin. And he loved you. Every thought, every deed, every sin, past, present, and future. And he thought you were worth dying for. How great, how great, oh God, thou art. Would you guys pray with me? Let's pray together. I'm going to ask you, if you would, gentlemen, if, if you would do what I asked you to do last night and just... With your hands on your lap, just turn your palms up, just a posture of receiving. Would you do that? I really believe tonight that God wants to do a work here, and I don't want to get in the way. And so I'm going to ask you, um, just there in your seat, would you ask God to speak to your heart tonight and do whatever work he wants to do in here? I want to invite you just in your own heart and mind to pray and ask him. Holy Spirit, fill this place and fill your people. Fill us and come upon us. For those who don't yet uh, belong to the family, convict us. Draw us to Jesus. Holy Spirit, in the next few moments, we invite you to do whatever you want to do.
give you our hearts and our minds and our focus. I pray as I share your word that you would come upon me. Nobody needs to hear from me. We all need to hear from you. And so I just humbly ask that you would take over and that it would be my vocal cords, but your voice. Give us ears to hear the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, for his glory and for our good. And all of us said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about the most important virtue of the Christian life. I want to talk to you about the chief virtue of the Christian life. And even though it's the chief virtue, it is, it is misunderstood. I want to talk to you tonight about, about humility. Humility. If you have your Bible, you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. We'll dive into that here in just a moment. But when you think about the word humility, what comes to mind? It's kind of a confusing thing. I mean, just, just think about this. Like, if you, if you win the award for being the most humble, and you walk up to receive it, do you lose it? If somebody says, hey man, you're really humble, do you agree? What is humility? Um, in seasons of ministry, uh, when, it, when our church was, was really growing, you know, um, there's more and more people, and so uh, that there's actually more, more and more distance just, just because of, of sheer numbers. And every once in a while, I would get accused, you know, because the church is bigger and I'm on video and all this kind of stuff. And somebody would come and say, Chad, you're not humble anymore. Chad, you're not humble. Let me ask you a question. How do you defend that? You're not humble. Oh, yes, I am. I'm way proud of my humility. What are you talking about? Right? By the way, I'll give you a little trick. If somebody ever says, hey, you're not humble, you just look at them and go, oh, it's far worse than you think. <laughs> I worked hard on that, by the way. Humility is the chief virtue of the Christian life. All other godly virtues come out of it. It's, it's the chief. Everything that God wants to do in your life begins with you having a posture of humility. No humility, no power of God in your life. No humility, no work of God in your life. No humility, come on, let's go all the way there, no grace of God in your life. Humility on our part releases the God of grace upon us. Pride, look at my posture, shuts the door on grace. Because grace is getting what you don't deserve. By the way, grace is what love looks like when it meets brokenness. And if we are unwilling to admit that we are broken, if we are unwilling to admit that we need something we don't deserve, then our pride keeps us from receiving and experiencing all that God wants to do in us and through us. Pride crosses its arms over our hearts. But humility opens the door. So, let's ask ourselves the question, are we humble? Yeah? 
Well, think about this. The word humility and the word humor come from the same root. So the first question would be, can you laugh at yourself? Because you're freaking hilarious. Humility. Humility allows grace. Humility allows freedom. Humility allows love. Pride closes the door on love. Humility allows it in. Humility allows you to be free. There's no posturing. There's, there, there's, there's no, you know, peacocking. Have you ever heard that before? That's kind of a Texas thing where, where you kind of bow your chest out and you're just letting everybody know what you're all about, right? Humility is something different. Humility is not trying to be cool. Humility is not trying to be impressed. Humility is just living in the grace of God, in freedom, in his love, in his mercy, in his kindness, in his, in his goodness. You, you know who gets humility? Little kids. Like before we mess them up. Little kids are like Adam and Eve. Little kids are naked and unashamed. There is an innocence about them. A three, four, or five-year-old is usually not posturing. Now, there's little moments, you know, and it's funny and it's cute. But, but they're just free to be me. Because that's humility. I'm just free to be me. The things about me that are good, the things about me that are not so good, I'm, 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 I'm free to be me. I'll, I'll never forget this. Uh, when my oldest son, not the son who's here with me this weekend, but when my oldest son was, was five years old, where, where we live, uh, this time of year is called monsoon season. If you've ever seen in Arizona, uh, they call it a haboob. It's, it's a great big dust storm. Have you ever seen pictures of those that, that kind of come across the, the desert? That's monsoon season. And so one night, uh, we were out to dinner, and a monsoon came through. And so we went home, and we looked out in the backyard, and all the lawn chairs had blown into the swimming pool. And so being the leader that I am, I looked at my family, and I said, fear not, we will rebuild. <laughs> right? I said, go get your swimsuits on, and, and let's go swimming, and we'll get the lawn chairs out of the swimming pool. Well, my wife went upstairs to put on her swimsuit, and my five-year-old son at the time just stripped down to his birthday suit. <laughs> Why? Because he could be naked and unashamed. Now, there's no houses behind us, and he's five years old, and he's with his mom and dad, so it's so really not a, not a big deal, right? And he just takes off, and he could swim really well, and he jumped into the pool. I got my suit on, jumped into the pool. Mom's in the pool in her swimsuit. We're all swimming around, and Josh is in his birthday suit. And Josh swims up to me and says, Dad, can you throw me in a cannonball? Because he would come and get in cannonball position, you know, and I'd flip him. That's like something we would do. And he comes up to me in his birthday suit and he says, Dad, can you throw me in a cannonball? And I looked at him and I said, no. <laughs> and he's like, why not? I said, because you don't have any clothes on and you're going to be in cannonball position and my hand might... Slip or something. And he goes, don't worry, Dad. I'll just clench my butt cheeks. <laughs> he wasn't trying to impress anybody. He was just free with his mom and his dad experiencing their love and playing in the freedom of humility. Humility is about receiving love. Pride closes the door on love. Pride closes the door on grace because grace is what love looks like when it meets brokenness. Pride closes the door on love and humility allows it, allows it in. If you're taking notes, if you would, write this down. Somebody was telling me at dinner, like, you guys, you say all these little things. I'm trying to write them all down. Just write the one down that speaks to you. Pride is about pretending. 
humility is about reality. Think with me, guys. Pride is about pretending. Humility is about reality. Which means nobody can love who you're pretending to be in your pride. Nobody can love who you're pretending to be because that person does not exist. The only way to experience the real love of God and the real love of people is to be courageous enough to be the real you. I said it last night, I'm going to say it again. Be a real man. God specializes in working with screwed up people because that's all he's got to work with. Be a real man. What's a real man? A man who is real. God can't love, help, assist, empower who you, you and I pretend to be because that person doesn't exist. Pick up with me here. This passage of scripture is so beautiful. When Peter wrote this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, there is no way in his humanness that he could have possibly understood the beautiful thing he was writing down in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, second part of the verse, he starts a new statement. He says, all of you, clothe yourselves with, what's the next word? Humility toward who? Get real with one another. When I was growing up, Church was the place where we went to pretend. How sad. The church is not a country club for the righteous elite. It was designed to be a hospital for those who realize they're broken and in need of grace. He says, clothe yourselves with humility, with reality. Towards who? One another. Let me, let me give you a verse. I'll quote it for you. James 5.16, I'm going to quote it for you right now. Those who are in recovery probably know this verse. James 5.16, I told you this morning, James is like the cookbook of Scripture. James 5.16 says this, listen to the words. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Do you hear the humility in that verse of Scripture? Confess your sins to who? Each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Uh, Roundup is not a place that God intended you and I to come and pretend. Roundup is a place that God designed so that you and I could come and get help in our time of need. He says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Why? Because, Peter writes, and he quotes another verse of scripture, God opposes the proud but shows favor. Some of your translations say gives grace. God opposes the proud but shows favor or gives grace to the humble. Okay, that right there is why humility is the chief virtue of the Christian life. Because everything that God wants to do in the realm of your character is a result of, your, of his grace. And his grace flows through humility. God opposes the proud but gives grace to, shows favor to the who? To the, to the humble. Verse 6, so Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Humility is about receiving love. Humility is, is about receiving help. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the, to the humble. Have you guys ever heard this? Perhaps you've said it. Uh, somebody will say, hey, I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. You ever heard that before? I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. You know what I always say when somebody says that? I say, you're totally right. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a restaurant? Because when you're in the restaurant, guess what? It's full of hypocrites. I'm going to say, have you ever been like at home by yourself? 
Like, like you don't, you're the only one in there. At that moment, guess what's in your house? A hypocrite. Did you know that Jesus was the first person to use that word the way we use it today? When somebody says that, the church is full of hypocrites, they're actually doing Jesus talk. It comes from this Greek word, hypocritos. It referred to thespians. You know what a thespian is? A thespian is an actor. And that day and time, uh, women were not allowed on the stage. And so usually if you would go and see a dramatic performance, it would just be two men on, on the stage. They were hypocritos. They were hypocrites. They were, they were actors. And how it would work is you'd have two guys, and there would be a whole bunch of masks lined up behind them to represent different characters. And so for a moment, one of the guys would pick up the, the mask, and he would play the damsel in distress. Help me, help me, somebody save me. And then he would take that mask off, and he would put on the mask of the villain. Right? And then he would take that mask off, and he would put on the mask of the hero. Here I come to save the day. Hypocrites, by definition from Jesus, are mask wearers. God opposes a mask wearer, but gives grace to those who reveal themselves. That's, that's what we're reading. So let me give you a, a couple examples, right? Because we all wear masks on, on some level. Humility is how we receive love. There have been seasons in my marriage with my wife, Katrina, who is my best friend, whom I love very much. There have been seasons when I have felt really lonely in my marriage. And in, and in those seasons, if I'm really honest, I was hiding things from her. We talked a little bit about that this morning. But I was keeping some things from her because I didn't want her to worry. And so the more that I wasn't honest with her because I didn't want her to, to worry, you know, because I'm being strong, the longer that went on, the lonelier I got in the marriage. You know why? It's because when she was hugging me, she wasn't hugging the real me. She was hugging the mask. When she would kiss me, and she didn't know it, she wasn't kissing the real me. She would kiss the, the mask. When she would show affection towards me, she was trying to love someone, listen now, that doesn't exist. But when I took off the mask, this is why reality is so important to foster intimacy. When I took off the mask and I told her the truth, now instead of blocking her out, I'm allowing her in. Do you guys see the power of this principle? In the end, all that matters is God and people. This morning we talked about wisdom. Wisdom is how we want to operate. I didn't give you everybody in Proverbs. Proverbs is the wisdom book, right, of the Old Testament. There's others, but it's, it's the most famous. There's the wise, there's the fool, there's the simple. I talked about the simple this morning. Simple people live by their, by their feelings. Foolish people know the right thing to do, but they don't do it. Foolish people know it, but they don't show it. Does that sound familiar from this morning? But wise people know it and, and show it. But wisdom is how, how we operate in, in the relationship. But listen, listen. Humility is how we're empowered to operate. Humility is, is where we receive. Humility is, is where we're filled up. If you find yourself tired in your Christianity and tired in, in your relationships, tired in your friendships, tired at church, tired of your pastor, tired of, of, your, of your life, could it be that you're trying to pour from an empty cup? Could it be that you're earning, you're pushing it out there, but there's no moment in your life when you choose to receive? Everybody watch me, gentlemen. Watch me. I said this the other day, and I'm going I'm to give you hand motions so you remember, okay? This is the Christian life. It's learning to hear this word, hear this word, hear this word. It's learning to receive the love of God, the mercy of God, the truth of God. Receive, be filled up with it. Receive love from other people. Be filled up with it. The Christian life is, is learning to receive. God, God works it in. Receive is first. God works it in. He works it in us and we work it out amongst us. We receive 
and we give. We receive and we give. We receive and we give. And God created all of life to be that way. You want me to prove it to you? Watch this. I'm going to receive. Now I'm going to give. That's how we breathe. We receive. And we, and we give. Earlier, I ate a steak dinner. I received. And hopefully, Lord willing, I'm 50 now, in the morning, I'm going to give. The solar system operates. I'm talking about the Milky Way galaxy and specifically our solar system operates through receiving and giving. It's called gravity. Right now, planets are giving and serving. Giving and, and receiving. And it makes the system work. The earth receives from the moon. And the moon receives from the earth. And as a result, we have tides and life is possible. That's macro. Let's go micro. Right now in this room, there's protons, neutrons, electrons, all giving and receiving. Receiving and giving. Receiving and giving. And that's what makes life possible. Gentlemen, in your strength and in your studliness, it is not good for you to be alone. You must receive. And the more that you learn to receive, and the more that you learn to just freaking chill out, the more that you will experience the love of God and the love of people and the more that you will enjoy your life. In your Christianity, let me tell you what you have in and of your own power. Jack squat. It's men's roundup. I was going to say another word, but you understand what I'm saying. The Bible literally says you've got jack squat. Your righteousness in God's sight is like filthy rags. You got nothing. God does not love you because you're good. God loves you because he's good. God does not love you because you're awesome. God loves you because he's awesome. God does not love you because you are worthy. God loves you because through your faith in Christ, he covers you with his worthiness. How free would we be? If we just walked in that truth. How free would we be. If we just accepted. The reality of the grace of God. I've got nothing. But he's covered me. With his everything. How free would we be. To get help. In our time of need. All of you. Clothe yourselves with humility. Toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace, shows favor to who, to who, to the, to the humble. Humility is simply about reality. Humility is not timidity. In fact, humility requires great strength. You, you know how many times in my church, I'm five foot nine on a good day. Like if I'm really standing up straight, you with me? I'm, I'm five foot nine and a buck eighty. And there's been a few moments where I've been counseling a couple in my office. And that dude will not own up to the reality of his actions. He just cannot live in reality. He doesn't have the guts. All he can do is fake it. And he'll stand up, you know, and I'll look up at him. Right? 300 pounds, 6 foot 5. And I'll say, dude... Stop being such a wimp. <laughs> Step into reality. It, it's okay to go to counseling. It's okay to get some coaching. It's okay to tell your wife you screwed up. It's okay to tell her you don't know everything. It's okay to look at your kids and tell them that you're sorry because you were an idiot. Now, they still have to do what you say because they're the kid and you're the adult, right? But I blew it on this one, okay? I apologize. These kinds of things build trust. 
Humility builds trust. Humility builds trust. We talked about it this, this morning. And humility is how you and I receive real love. And God wants this for you. Because he loves you. And in our hypocrisy, we stand and sing, good, good father. Do you really believe that? Then why don't we just get really honest with him? And why don't we trust him? I'll just tell you a little secret. What we're talking about tonight is the secret for experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit moving in you and through you. What we're talking about tonight is the secret for experiencing the reality of a miracle-making God. He opposes the proud but gives grace to the who, to the who, to the who? Four things in your notes. Number one. Humility is a decision to be honest. He says, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. How many of you chose to put on clothes today? Yeah, thank you. Uh, it, it, it's just a decision to put it on. I'm just going to intentionally be honest. I'm just going to intentionally be real uh, about, my, about my life. I'm going to say it again. The only way to experience the real love of God and the real love of people is to be courageous, courageous enough to be the, to be the real you. Uh, pride is about pretending. Humility is about reality. No, number two, humility allows me on God's team. Allows me on God's team. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Uh, I met Levi earlier today. Uh, Levi's over here on my right, your left. He was baptized today. Can we just cheer him on? Levi's a Dallas Cowboys fan, so you know he's close to Jesus. <laughs> you realize baptism is the first huge step of humility. Because you're standing up in front of a bunch of people. You ever wonder, I mean, you, guys, you give me some grace here? I need you to give me some grace. You, you ever wonder why Jesus would go, okay, okay, here's what I want you to do. Right after you trust me, I want you to go get in some water, and I want somebody to dunk you. And I want you to do that in front of some people. All right. That's crazy. Like, what? That's like Mr. Miyagi looking at Daniel and saying, all right, bro, first thing I want you to do is wax all the cards. I thought we were learning karate. No, wax all the cards. Right to hand circle, left to hand the circle, breathe in, breathe out. Don't forget to breathe, very important, right? Jesus says, I want you to go get him some water, and I want somebody to dunk you. Why is he doing that? Well, uh, the theology, it's symbolic. Yes, it is. This is Levi. Levi is now dead and gone. Washed in the grace of Jesus. Now there's a brand new Levi who's a follower of his. Yes, it's symbolic. Yeah. And, and that, that is a beautiful picture. And Jesus is not just nice, friends. He's brilliant. Always remember, he's really smart. He doesn't say just cute little things that we put on bumper stickers and we go, oh yeah, that's nice. He lived way back then, but I live in the real world. Everything he says is brilliant. Remember that. Uh, if you don't understand it, he's not the problem. Amen. He's always brilliant. But, but just think, think with me. Think about the brilliance of baptism. It's a first big step of public humility. Because to be baptized is to say, it's all grace. I got nothing. In fact, I got nothing to the extent that I'm just going to let it all go. I'm gone. And I'm just going to let myself be fully immersed in the grace of Jesus because that's what I need. I got nothing. I am so grateful it is not amazing effort, but amazing grace. And when I come up, I'm covered in that grace. I'm covered in his goodness. It's symbolic. It already happened when I received Jesus. But, but it's symbolic of being covered in his, in his worthiness. Do you see the brilliance of Jesus? It allows us on God's team. Baptism is like putting on the uniform. It's letting everybody know, I'm team Jesus, bro. 
Like this wedding ring on my finger doesn't make me married. When Levi said yes to Jesus, he became a follower of Jesus. But when he was baptized, he was putting on the ring. It's a symbol that he's on the team. But that symbol is a symbol of humility in the Christian life. Does this make sense? Do you see the brilliance of Jesus? See, there should be no such thing as a prideful Christian. I mean, you should just think about how ludicrous we all are. There should be no such thing as a prideful Christian. That doesn't exist. You can't be prideful and follow Jesus at the same time. You can't be prideful and trusting in yourself at the same time. Now, all of us are brilliant at some different things because God's gifted us. And we can take some pride, right? Like, like brush your teeth, comb your hair, take some pride in yourself. Do a good job at the job. But what we're saying here, what Jesus is saying here, what Peter's writing here is, stay away from false pride. Humility is just honesty. There are some things you're good at. There are some things that you're not so good at. But at the end of the day, all of your faith is about a savior. It's not your behavior. It's a savior. Religion is, this is what you got to do to work your way to God. Biblical Christianity is good news of great joy for all people. This is what God has done to work his way to you and into the person of Jesus Christ. You don't achieve it, you believe it and receive it. Humility, humility is how we walk. Humility is how we live. And it's just honesty. It's reality. Have, have you ever heard walk in the light? Anybody ever heard that? I'm asking you. You know what that means? I look awesome in the dark. I'm fantastic. I look amazing in the dark. But when the light comes on, guess what? Now you see reality. That dude could drop a few pounds. Now you see reality. His hair's getting a little long and gray. Now you see reality, blemishes, those kinds of things. Walking in the light is just to be honest. You see how simple all these things are? It's, it's humility. It's humility. It allows us on God's, on God's team. Number three, it invites God to work in my life. It invites God to work in my life. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. God can't help who you're pretending to be. Uh, the more humble you are, the more you live in reality, the more God will work in your life and the more you'll see him working. Um, write this down if you're taking notes. This is important. And it's really important for, for this weekend. Confession is most powerful when you confess the sin you're thinking about doing. Confession is most powerful when you confess the sin you're thinking about doing. When real men get real with each other, it protects us. I have two good friends in my life. If you're gonna have a good friend, you're probably not gonna have more than two, because it requires energy. These two guys know everything about me. And over time, what we've done is we've built real friendship. Now, you've all heard, if, if you're a Christian, that we need accountability. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, we do, but I'm going to bust your bubble just a little bit. Accountability, the way that we teach it, is reactive. That's not what God wants. It's reactive, meaning, okay, how'd you screw up this week? All right, don't do that anymore. Love God, hate sin, go try harder, do better. That's usually how we treat accountability. That's not what this passage is talking about. This passage is talking about living a life of such reality that you're confessing the sin you're thinking about doing. Because sometimes you're thinking about sin and you don't realize you are. For example, nobody wakes up one day and just has an affair. Nobody wakes up and goes, you know, I think I'd like to jack up my life today. Let me find somebody. It all begins way back here when you get on this path. The journey into darkness is a path, not a light switch. Is everybody with me? It's one decision at a time. So when I sit with my friend and I say, oh man, my, life's, my uh, wife is driving me crazy. This is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. What he's doing is he's looking at me and he can see what I can't see. Have you ever seen somebody messing up their life and you can see it clearly and, and, and they're like, what happened? I don't know what happened. And you're like, dude, I saw it all along, right? You ever somebody else telling you about their life and you can see it so clearly, but your own life, you can't see jack. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to tell you why that is. The eye, like the eyeball, cannot see the eye. That's me, the letter I. The eye cannot see the eye. When I played football, every Monday we watched game film. When you've got a friend 
that you're talking about your life with, they are watching you on the field. You can't see it, but they can see it. And so what happens when we start practicing this kind of humility, it, is a, it allows God to start to work in our life, and it helps us in our time of need, and it protects us from being in real deep, sinful, blow-up-our-lives kind of need in the first place. Are you with me? If you're taking notes, write this down. Pride comes before a fall, but humility protects us all. This is a, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. A couple of verses, and then we'll wrap up. He writes this, be alert. And of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Stay with me, gentlemen. Do you know how lions hunt? If you're a male lion, you got a really great gig in life. You know what male lions do? They sleep, eat, and help make little lions. That's it. The females do all the work. Now, if we were here in mixed company, I would say, and all the ladies said, and they would shout amen at me, you know. But the female lions do all the work. Here's how it works. They go, and they, they, they find some gazelle, and they find the weakest one, and they start to chase that little gazelle. And the bad news is it, it'll get the gazelle away from the group. And they'll start to chase the gazelle. That's, that's bad news for the gazelle. But the good news for the gazelle is, is, is this. It's, it's faster than the lion. And smaller than the lion. So the gazelle will start to hop around. And what the gazelle will do is the gazelle will look for, hear these words, a protective covering. And if the gazelle can, it'll get to a protective covering. And the gazelle is small and those female lions are big. And so the female lions are trying to get to the gazelle, but they can't. And as long as the gazelle stays in the protective covering, it is safe. This is where the male lion comes in. The female lions will go back and get the male lion. And the male lion will come up to the protective covering of the gazelle. And the male lion will roar. Have you ever heard the roar of a male lion? I'm not talking about on television. I'm talking about real life. Our church does some mission work in South Africa, and I've been to a lion farm a couple of times. And one time I'm at the lion farm where they raise lions and they breed lions. And I'm standing there in front of an adult male albino white lion. And, and the lion is like from me to you. I mean, it, it, it is that close. And there is a chain link fence right here. And, and I look behind at, at the guy that, that runs the lion farm, and I'm like, hey, can that chain link fence, uh, you know, keep him away from me? And, and the guy that runs the farm's like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> he goes, the truth is, that male lion could just reach up with one paw and just tear down that chain link. And then he goes, but don't worry, Chad, the male lion doesn't know that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I start being stupid. <laughs> and I'm like... Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. You big albino baby. Kitty, 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 kitty. And I didn't know it, but the guy that runs the farm was behind me, and he started provoking that lion. And so I'm like, here, kitty, kitty. And all of a sudden, I saw the mane lay back. And the facial expression of that lion changed. And he roared at me. And I'm here to tell you tonight, gentlemen, you have digestive problems. <laughs> the roar of an adult male lion will set you free of that. <laughs> that gazelle's in a protective covering. Pride comes before the fall, but humility protects us all. But the male lion will come and roar. And that gazelle is so terrified of the roar that it jumps out of the covering. And what happens? It's mauled. Jesus calls the devil the father of lies. He will lie to you about what we're talking about tonight. And he will tell you, don't stay in the covering of humility. Nobody can handle the real you. Nobody can handle the truth of what's going on in your heart, on your computer, what's going on in your mind, whatever it is. 
And the longer you believe the roar of the lie, the more opportunity he has to eat you alive. Now here's the beauty of this passage of scripture that Peter could have never known. What do you call a group of lions? Humility is what saves us. Humility is what protects us. Humility is the chief virtue of the Christian life. God wants to love the real you. Your wife wants to love the real you. Your kids, your friends, they need each other. Last one, verse number four. Humility receives God's love. It's the only way we can get it. He wrote it this way, cast all your anxiety on him. Cast all your anxiety on God. All that nervousness, all that shakiness that comes with the lie of you can't really be honest. All that anxiety, Peter writes, cast all that on God. Because he cares for you. What have you been pretending is not a problem? What has God been whispering to you about for a while? And you're listening to the roar instead of the whisper. Could it be Your pride has shut the door on the power of God moving in and through your life. Could it be that you're as sick as your secret? Could it be that right here tonight, by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, He wants to set some of us free in ways that we never thought were possible? Could it be that God brought you here because he wants to meet you here? Could it be that he needed you away from home? He needed you away from distractions? He, he needed to get you here in this moment. And right now the Holy Spirit saying, just open the door. Let's just rip that pride door off the hinges and open ourselves up. Let's, let's get rid of this and let's open ourselves up to receive the love of God, the power of God, the mercy of God, the truth of God, the life-changing, transforming work of God in our, in our lives. I'm going to ask uh, if you're here tonight and you're a pastor or you're a leader, I'm going to ask if you would, would you just come to the front and kind of surround the stage? Would you do that? And I'm going to ask you, gentlemen, as you're coming forward, as you're coming forward to, to be ready to, to receive some, some men who need some prayer. Confess your sin to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It could be, guys, some of you, you can even just be in the aisles there if it gets too crowded up front. We can, we can be everywhere. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Maybe right now, just in your seat, if you want to pray that prayer with me, come Holy Spirit. You can just say it out loud. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak to our hearts. To move us. 
do whatever you want to do. I want to invite you, if you need prayer tonight, you need to confess something tonight. The Holy Spirit just prompts you. A little whisper, a little prompting. It could be you're, you're not even sure. A lot of times, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just know the Holy Spirit's working on me. But when I go and somebody prays with me, all of a sudden it, it, it comes to life. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you in any way, shape, or form, some of you, you know right now what it is. You've already got it. But if the Holy Spirit prompts you in, 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 in any way, I'm going to ask you to get up from where you are and just come and pray with one of these men who are here to love you and help you. And I'm going to ask you to do that right now. Anybody that wants prayer, needs prayer, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Just come on. It'll take some courage. Pride is for the weak and humility is for the strong. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. We're going to continue in a time of prayer. The worship team's going to lead us softly. I'm going to ask you, don't, don't go anywhere. Let's just enter into the presence of God here as the team leads us. If you want prayer, just come forward. gathered in prayer, we'd like to invite you to join us with a song of prayer. It says, Lord, I want to go where you will lead me. I will follow and obey. May my ways always be your ways, Lord. I give you me today. certain road ahead may my heart and feet be willing Lord to follow what you've said and in the midst of my decisions Lord help me to believe help me live a life that's worthy of the calling I strive to build my kingdom for my own name to be made. Lord, help me see the worthlessness 
of the glory that will fade. And if I make my mark on this world, my accomplishments will pass. But all I do in Jesus' name will be the things that last. And I want to go where you Father of my future, and keep me on your narrow way, in the direction of perfection, Lord, I give you me today, and I want to go where you will lead me, I will follow and obey, may my way Follow and obey. May my ways always be your ways, Lord. I give you me today. May my ways always be your ways, Lord. I give you me today. Hey, would you guys stay right there in your seat? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Let me just pray with you for a moment. I know some of these guys are praying to receive Jesus right now. If there's never been a time in your life where you've realized that it's all about receiving, and maybe the light bulb came on for you tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to receive right now. Just there in your own heart and mind, I'm going to pray with you. You just say, Jesus, I need you. And I want to receive you into my life tonight. We're going to receive him in two ways. Would you say, I receive you as my Savior? And just confess to him, let's admit to him, I'm a sinner. And I ask you to be my savior. And we're also going to receive him as leader. I receive you as savior, Jesus, and I ask you to lead me from this day forward. Would you guide my life? And I choose to trust you with all of me. I receive you, Jesus. Thank you for receiving me. Amen. Uh, if that was you, the guys are going to sing. I'm going to ask you, would you please let somebody know that, uh, that you received Jesus tonight? These guys are going to do uh, another song. If you want to come forward for prayer, you can do that. Otherwise, let's just stand and worship together. If you need prayer, you can still come forward, gentlemen.
Humility is a protective covering. Where there is grace, where there is mercy, where there is power, where there is help in our time of need. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the who? Gentlemen, you have a huge gift. You're with a bunch of dudes who are here tonight just as screwed up as you are. Let's help each other in our time of need. Let's protect each other before we get there. All right? The only way to experience the real love of God, the real love of people, is to be courageous enough to be the real you. In the morning at 9 o'clock, if you have given your life to Jesus, and you've not yet been baptized, you have opportunity to do that down at the lake. 9 a.m. in the morning. Uh, tonight, you can talk to the group that you're here with and just let them know and get some counsel there. But would love to celebrate baptism with you at 9 in the morning down at, down at the lake. Hallelujah. Um, this guy's excited about that. Team's going to lead us in one more song. Let's sing our guts out. And let's celebrate the amazing grace of, of God. Everybody look at me. I'm going to take a moment, speak a blessing over you, and then they're going to lead us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you. And may he give you his peace.